Welcome back. Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. I'm Pat Renwick, and it's time for the Bass Buzz segment of Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. We are honored tonight to have one of the most dangerous bass fishermen on the planet. He's like a stealth bomber. Yes. He's, he's like a cobra. And yes. he is Mr. Consistency. Ladies and gentlemen, Andy Morgan. Andy Morgan here with us tonight. Andy, you on the air, bud? Can you hear us, Andy? All right. Okay. <laughs> Anything that it's called Murphy's, Murphy's Bass Fishing Law. Andy Morgan, can you hear us? Gotcha. Andy we Morgan, go. welcome to the show, buddy. We're doing What's up? it. What's, up? What's going on, man? Hey, thank you so much for your patience. We are experiencing uh, some technical difficulties this evening, but uh, but we're here Sorry, now. No trouble. We're, we're here now, and it's happening, dude. So, hey, what's what's going on? What's Andy Morgan doing tonight besides talking to Stray Cass on the phone? <laughs> well, I'm trying to hear it right now. I've actually been on Lake Chickamauga today. I had a charity trip I had to do today with a man and his son. So I just got in, ate some supper, and kind of kicked back. Just kicking back. Doing Andy yeah. Morgan stuff. You got it. Yeah, that's it. How was Chick today? Did you catch him or what? Yeah, we did, man. It's the typical chick. I mean, I guess we caught all oh, forty plus bass. We I think we caught we actually crappie fished a little while this morning, caught twenty crappie and about forty plus bass and <laughs> uh, nothing big, but a lot of two and a half to four and three quarter pounders. We caught quite a few of those. Oh my goodness. Pretty good. That, that, mm-hmm. That's that's good, dude. I mean, here in Northwest Indiana, your, your buddy Billy Mack, you know Billy McDonald. Your, your, Very well. your, your buddy Billy always would say to us, "Hey, uh, you know, there's five fish in Northwest Indiana, and we all fish for them." You know, that's the that's how it is here. <laughs> so when we hear you're catching forty bass and three and four pounders, I mean, that's that's pretty special, man. That's pretty special. Yeah, it was good. It's good. I mean, it's uh, I, I, I probably a fish more this spring. You know, February, March stuff here at home than I have in a long time. Just because it's so dang good. I mean, most days that we've been out, even if it's just an afternoon, we'll catch 20 plus. Um, then we've had a couple of days we catch, you know, 60 or 70. <laughs> and tons of just quality fish. I'm not counting great big ones. Now, they're catching some great big ones. Uh, but we just, there's a lot of quality fish. Two and a half to four and a half or five pounds is, you know, just a staple right now. That's just what you catch. Wow. Wow. And and how are you catching them this time of year? What are you doing? You know, we caught a bunch. I actually caught a bunch on Leviston Square Bill, that primetime 2.0 today. I caught several on it. And uh, we caught several just throwing us to rattle trap up real shallow. Just that's winding. pretty much all we've done. We had a lot of wind today. Had wind and had the conditions to crank. And, uh, and it worked. Water's, you know, nice and dirty. Perfect spring temperature. It's about 59 to 60, 61 degrees. And it is, uh, it's just a prime time to be catching the bass in the Tennessee Valley. Awesome. Awesome. And, and, and plenty of them, plenty of them. That's pretty cool. Hey, Andy, you, you know what, you know, quite frankly, you're flat out dangerous, dude. I mean, you, 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 you are, yeah, you are like a cobra buddy and you are, you know, you, you are Mr. Consistency. You, you well. see, come on, talk to me. <laughs> well, I, I guess I have my days. Uh, it, it's kind of been you know, I was talking to my wife here just, I don't know, just a couple of days ago. I mean, it's, it's kind of been lackluster the last few tournaments I've had. I know I had a good one at Potomac there in June last year was our last uh, season event. But the championship was mediocre. Uh, the first two this year, mediocre. Uh, I want to get back on that horse again and make some top tens. It's, uh, and it's that 
I've kind of had some opportunity, but it's not been that real easy, nice opportunity. It's kind of been one of those deals. I'm kind of struggling just a little bit, but I'm still cutting a paycheck, which I'm thankful for. Uh, but it's been just a little bit of a struggle. Been catching plenty of fish, but catching a good fish has kind of been uh, the nemesis. You, you know, and you said it right there, you're still cashing a check, and that's where I talk about the consistency. But, I mean, you know, I think you're being a little modest, too, Andy. You're being a little humble because you've won almost $2 million at this game. You know, you're, you're, you're almost at the $2 million mark. You're, you're a two-time uh, FLW Angler of the Year, man. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that, that's a force to be reckoned with. Just pinch yourself for a minute and realize, damn it, I am Andy Morgan. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's nice to be old Andy sometimes. When it's going good, that's for sure. <laughs> One thing I notice about you, Andy, is is you always seem pretty darn calm. Um, you know, you you're, you kind of simplify this complicated sport of bass fishing. It seems like you keep it simple and and you you stick to what you know. You stick to the mm-hmm. techniques you know and what you're comfortable with. Where you, you see some guys spinning out and they're just all, they're like a BB in a boxcar and they're all over the place trying to scramble to, to catch fish. But you stay, again, consistent and do what you know. Talk to, talk to us a little bit about, about fishing your strengths, Andy. You know, there, there's one thing that I've learned here the last few years. I'm talking the last six, seven years for sure. It seems like the, the the broader I get, the more things that I learn, the worse I was getting as far as my finishes. You know, if I if I learn to catch a drop shot, and I'm a big swim bait guy now, I'm uh, Alabama rigger, I'm doing all these other things. It seems like that was kind of a point in my career. I think I was getting a little worse. But I can still remember, Mickey Bruce told me years ago, and I know you probably remember Mickey, one hell of a fisherman, uh, super bass winner. I mean, just, you know, ran through the bass circuit over there for years and done really well. He says, son, it's not rocket science. Fish (laughs) eat worms. Well, they still do. They still eat worms, and it's still not rocket science. I just kind of laid back and simplified things even a little more. As I learn more, I still learn fish habits and behavior and you know and weather patterns and stuff i still i still learn something every day don't get me wrong and 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 it's if you're going out there not learning something you're you're doing something wrong but it seems the the simpler i make it the better i do and that's just you know kind of my take on it my perspective and you know how i tackle it i just try to keep it as simple as possible and and get up and don't try to preconceive anything even if it's just getting out of bed, I don't preconceive me getting out there before daylight and, or getting out there at 9 o'clock, whatever it is. I get there and, and do what I'm going to do and just kind of let the day fall together. And, you know, instead of letting the day fall apart, you let the day fall together. And that, that's, a, that's an excellent statement. You said don't preconceive anything. So do you, no. take, that, do you take that into each tournament that you fish or even each, each day of fun fishing like you did today on Chick? Do you take that everywhere you go? Yeah, I really do. I, I really do, and, and, and I do, and I shouldn't say I don't preconceive anything. I do preconceive the conditions. So you know, I try to watch the weather and see what the weatherman's going to tell me. And if that turns out correct, what he's telling me, whatever the conditions are, sometimes you know, it, like today, it was windy, it blew twenty five miles an hour, but it didn't start till eleven o'clock. Okay, so we went out, and I said, let's crappie fish for a little while. I said, the bass are going to probably bite later in the day. I'm sure we can catch some right at daylight, but if you guys want to catch a, a mess of crappie to eat, we'll go out and catch you a few crappie. 
when the wind gets up, we're going to pick up a, you know, a lipless crankbait in a square bill and a 2.0, and we'll, we're going to catch some bass. We'll just keep running around until we find some. Well, we caught a few crappie, and it was still calm. I mean, zero wind. And we started bass fishing. We caught a few bass, but the wind started getting up. And I told that old fellow, I said, at 1 o'clock today, I think we're going to have enough wind. I believe we can go bust them. So I did preconceive that, and it did work. <laughs> because at 1 o'clock, I got where I wanted to go on the south wind, and we annihilated them. Nice. So <laughs> That's creative visualization. That's what that is. Hey, hey, Andy, uh, Ryan Whitaker here. Um I got I got to ask you a question. I hate to bring this up, but I have been thinking about it since I saw the show. There was a uh, episode of Ultimate Match Fishing where, yeah. you know, I know this was a was a sore moment, but you know, I think it was the championship round and you had you had, had a bunch of fish come unbuttoned. I think you were flipping right. a jig. And you had a bunch of it and and you got yourself into the championship round throwing that bait. And then on that day right. you started losing some fish. I, right. I I've been wondering to myself and I'm glad we got you here because I wanted to ask you, what would you have done differently the next day had there been another day, another round in that in that tournament? Would you have kept throwing that same jig? Is that just a kind of a weird thing that happens, or or would you yeah, make an adjustment? I, I think that's just a weird thing that happens. It was kind of funny. Me and Jason were kind of laughing about it because we had to leave immediately that day to go to Beaver Lake to fish. You know the the, the Beaver Lake deal, which was last year the FLW, and I'm like, good Lord, I hope this don't continue on into Beaver Lake. This is going to be quite costly. <laughs> don't carry that with <laughs> if you. Little, if this little pattern continues, it was just one of those days that, uh, again, it's one of those things that kind of kind of falls apart. You know how, you know, you go out there some days, and whatever you do, it's just yeah. kind of not the right thing, and every time you jerk, one's got it in the roof of its mouth, on that, on that solid bone, you roll the hook point, you get one over limb, you break him off. Uh, this one of those days, it just, you're getting the bites, they're eating them, but they were eating the bait. It's just, right. I wasn't getting the hook in them in the right spot. It's just, it was my time in the barrel and, and we went to Beaver and I ended up leading that thing for three days. And the last day I just didn't get enough bites and ended up to third. But Jacob, it was kind of funny. Jacob was leading the tournament. You know, he beat me in that round. Right. Everything went perfect for him. He never lost one. Uh, everything that he hooked, he just, you know, heck, he just jumped in the boat right in the live well, you know, it even threw the small one out for him. It was just a perfect day for him. That was what we was so Beaver, strange about it. And he's leading the tournament at Beaver on day one. <laughs> day that, two, for him, the wheels fall off. Boom. That's karma. Like, that was karma. And he, he, exactly. And he catches <laughs> six or seven pounds, and he has enough bites to do really well. And the wheels fall off for him that day. So that's just some of the days that. So you think it's happens, something so. where you just kind of wear out your luck? You catch enough on them, and then it's not going to go well forever. So then you have that day where it kind of evens itself out. Guarantee you, it'll get you every time. It will even itself out sooner or later. You just hope it's not at a really bad time. Paying your dues to the fish gods. <laughs> Hey, you, we were rooting for you, though. You know that, right, Andy? <laughs> we're, we're, well, I appreciate it, guys. I do. I really do. <laughs> I'm friends with Wheeler, too, but I was still rooting for you, man. I was still rooting for you. Speaking, How are we doing on time, Larry Kyleman, producer Larry? We're good. Hey, I want to talk to you about something else. Speaking of TV shows, I'm glad that Ryan brought that up. I remember mm-hmm. seeing an episode where you were doing something pretty unique on, uh, on Dale Hollow Lake. And mm-hmm. you, were, you were fishing with, uh, I believe, um, the... the the ultimate match fishing dude, uh, Joe Thomas. Yep. Sure was. And you were you were flipping in crystal clear water in the backs mm-hmm. of in the backs of creeks of uh, of Dale Hollow, and you're just you're just yep. you're wrecking them out there. 
And it, I thought mm-hmm. it was a pretty, I mean, I think there's a certain window of opportunity to do that out there, but it, it just was pretty cool. Tell us a little bit about that bike. Well, it was, uh, and, and that's another thing. I love to go to Del Hala. Del Hala is full of largemouth. It's a big smallmouth fisher, but it's absolutely full of largemouth that really don't get bothered. And it's one of those situations, Dale was up. I called Joe, and I said, I think Dale's up. He said, can we do a show? I said, I believe it won't be any problem. Fisher should be spawning. The water's bumping up to about 60 degrees. Well, the thing about having that gin clear water, those fish are going to hold pretty good, especially if they're around the spawning time. They're actually wanting to get up there and get on beds and, you know, pair up. But one big thing in that gin clear water, there was enough cover in the water, even though it was really clear, beautiful sunny day, well, there's enough cover in the water that you're sort of hidden, and those fish feel protected. They're just like a big whitetail buck. If they're back in that thicker stuff in those trees, they feel more protected. They'll let you get a little closer, and then they're real susceptible to catch And that was kind of the deal there. And like I said, they don't get bothered that much. And you threw something in there and made a good pitch in there by a tree. Uh, man, they were biting. I, I bet we caught 40 bass that day. Just epic. Yeah, it, w- it was pretty unique. And I mean, and, and like you said, the, uh, the largemouth there are pretty overlooked. And when I used to, uh, you know, when I, when I'd fish out there, I'd have to run all the way into what do you call it? That OB river or whatever, and go and find some dirty water to catch a largemouth yeah. like that. But, but man, you, you were doing something pretty special there. That was pretty cool. Hey, Andy, it what's, your, what's your, what's your go-to technique? We talked about, uh, Oh, we, all right, we got two minutes here. Hey, uh, you, tell me about your, your go-to technique. You talked about, uh, uh, about fishing, fishing your strengths. What's your go-to technique that's going to that's gonna cash you a check? I like to fish any, any, any shallow water application I like. I'm not a big topwater guy. I'll throw it. I'll throw that uh, our popper or Livingston popper, uh, the 77. I like to throw it as far as a top water, but when it really comes down to stuff, I'm, I'm kind of a flipper in a pitcher. If I can catch them like that, I'm more comfortable. Everything flows better. Uh, that and a, and a spinnerbait, you know, it's kind of a, one of those toss-ups between a spinnerbait and a square bill. If it's shallow, dirty water, spinnerbait and a square bill, and, uh, and flipping. If, uh, you know, probably I'll lean a little more towards flipping than anything, just because that's, I just kind of like that. I think it's pretty cool. You like crossing their eyes, don't you? You like that feeling. I do. You you like crossing like, them. You like crossing I them right do. there. Set the hook real like hell and throw them in the floor. <laughs> and boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. You got you got that. Hey, Andy, we're on the phone with Andy Morgan right now, FLW Tour Pro, an avid hunter. You were out uh, setting uh, trail cams for turkeys when I caught you the other day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to try to do a bunch of filming, uh, you know, try to do some filming for our archery company, New Breed Archery. Uh, we try to put together something for those guys every year, some shows, some kill shots, uh, lots of turkey footage if we can get it. Turkeys are cool. They come into decoys. They're beautiful when they're strutting, and it's a tough bow hunt. So I run tons of trail cameras on all of my food plots. I try to find the most gobblers that I can find, and I try to find that gobbler that's on a pattern. And we go in there, dude, and it's just like bass fishing. The right place at the right time. Nice, nice. Hey, Andy, we're going to pull up the uh, the trolling motor, take a little break right here. And I want to give you a tip about turkeys. Don't ever, don't, don't ever drop them out of helicopters because they don't fly. <laughs> okay, you got that. I'll hey, remember that. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna pull up the trolling motor, take a break, and uh, you want to hold on the line and come back for another segment. I'll be here. Oh, we'll love that. Hey, everybody, keep it locked. More Andy Morgan on Straycast Outdoor Cartoon Television when we return. (laughs) 
Welcome back, Stray Cats Outdoor Cartoon Television. We got that. Andy, you still on the line? You got it. I'm oh, here. Boy, look how this worked. You know what? Everybody yelled at me during the commercial break because they told me, Pat, you don't know anything about hunting. Why? <laughs> they said turkeys do fly. So I guess they ter- wild turkeys you do. You know f- nothing. Yeah, wild turkeys do fly. So I apologize. Only a short distance. Yeah. <laughs> They're easier to shoot that way, right? That's right. That's right. He's your target. There, there is a, yeah, that's me. They're 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 yelling at me again. You hear that, Andy? This is crazy I stuff. Did. I heard them. I heard it, them. It's crazy <laughs> stuff right here. Hey, you know you're uh, you're privileged to be to be sponsored by one of the the makers of one of the, if not the finest, uh, spinnerbait in the land, and that's a War Eagle spinnerbait, man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I love the War Eagle spinnerbaits, and uh, and. Tell me a little bit about spinnerbait fishing. I want you to educate uh, our viewers on spinnerbait fishing. Give us some tips, like something somebody might not know. And I'll tell you, uh, here's the thing about spinnerbait fishing right now. War Eagle is a custom company, as you'll get it. It says War Eagle Custom Lures because they're still hand-tied. Everything. Keith texts me this morning. I text Keith, are you getting rain? Because we're going to Beaver Lake, and that's where he is. Is Rogers, Arkansas, right there on the banks of Beaver Lake. He's Mr. Beaver Lake, by the way. <laughs> For years. He texts me this morning. He said, no, not any rain yet, but I'm already, I've been, I'm at work. Blah, blah, blah. He's I've been here since 4.30. He was in the office. Now, this is a man that owns the company. He's done this for 20 years. He was in there chipping paint off of the barbs of the hook because when they sent him some baits that they had painted in the office there, they got some paint on the hook. So he's polishing the hooks. I mean that's custom. Wow. When he's in there polishing the hook, yeah, absolutely, that's pretty custom. That's pretty custom stuff. That, that's a deal right there. Spinnerbait fishing to me anymore is it's almost getting to be a little bit of a lost art. I hear you. People are not throwing any spinnerbait like they used to when I was coming up into fishing. You know, years ago, it was a spinnerbait and a jig around here, and that's kind of all you threw. Uh, so we learned a lot about spinnerbaits: the good ways, the bad ways, the hard ways. And and one of the biggest things that I learned. As far as a tip, and, and it's just pretty simple, and probably a lot of people know this. I know some people probably don't, but when the water was cold and dirty, we always used a thumper blade, a big old single blade thumper, or sometimes we'd put a tandem like a four and a half and a five. We wanted that thump, we wanted that vibration in that cold, dirty water, February, March type things. When we got those conditions, we railed some giants on a spinnerbait, big spinnerbait, a big thumper. The well, hubcap. You saw it in the classic. Are you, are you going with me on the classic in Tulsa? Did you see Jason Christie? I sure did. He was bringing old school back. He's throwing that big old thumper blade, that old cold, dirty water. Nobody could get a bite. Everybody was crying the blues. I talked to a lot of them guys at the classic. And he was going old school. And, I mean, he was fixing to rim wreck everybody. If it hadn't got warm, I think Jason would have won hands down. Um, but his fish just moving, just kind of left off that pattern for a little bit. But I was glad to see that old big thumper blade come back. A lot of people throw a will leaf, and they'll throw a will leaf all the time. But you don't overlook that big round blade. In the cold, dirty water, there's probably not any better way to catch a big old bass. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and here in northwest Indiana, we call that throwing the hubcap at them. That's the cap. That's it, baby. That, that, I mean, that's a <laughs> deal right there. Too, the cap. And and tell me about tell me about uh, about some muddy water colors. And I want to I want to hear what you have to say about this. I, of course, I have some preconceived notions about colors again on spinnerbaits. <laughs> but tell me about your favorite dirty water, cold water spinnerbait colors. 
you know, when it was extremely dirty and cool, I'm talking around 50 degrees, a lot of times we, we would throw a black and chartreuse uh, when it was really, really dirty. But if we had a, I, I call it a moderate dirty, which is dirty still, it was always just kind of a chartreuse in white with a silver and gold blade. And that was pretty much standard. If it was extremely dirty, chartreuse and black, moderate dirty, it was always chartreuse and white with a silver and gold blade. And you know what we throw a lot here too. Tell me if you throw this. We throw in all black, copper. all black and copper. You throw that? Yep. Yes, I have a little bit, but it was it is mostly the silver and gold. But I have thrown in copper, uh, and I kind of got that from Keith years ago, the owner of War Eagle. Uh, he sent me some copper. He said when that water is really, really bad, dirty, uh, up in the Ozarks and stuff, that they used to catch a lot of fish on copper back years ago. And I have actually caught some off of copper after he sent me those blades. And, and there's something about that copper color, too. If you go back, you know, like, t- let's go way back in the songbook and talk about uh, old crazy Jimmy Houston. He, uh, you know, one of his favorite spinnerbaits is the old chartreuse blue with the single copper blade. Single copper. That's right. I mean, that's... that's. You think about it, that copper, it's almost got that red tinge to it. And then in water, it looks really red, you know, and, and you know, red and dirty water. They can see red and dirty water somehow, and they'll smash it. What's your opinion on throwing the old school type skirts, like the flat rubber, as opposed to the uh, the silicone rubber type skirts, Andy? I think the flat rubber. I think it's just a little more dense as far as in coloration, and I think they might be able to hone in and see that a little better, especially in that dirtier water. Uh, but ninety five percent of the time, I throw this is modern stuff that they got now, all these pre skirts and et cetera. And it seems like, hell, we don't go anywhere that the water's extremely dirty anymore. I was like, just, you know, I wanted to jump out the wind and dive in Grand Lake when I went over and saw it for the classic. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, I want to fish some water that's finally this dirty somewhere. But I hadn't had an opportunity to in a long time. <laughs> I, 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 like the, I like fishing in the dirt, in the mud, in that yoo man. That's that, I love that stuff. Oh, I do, too. I love fishing in the dirt. That's, that's probably my favorite. When they get up there really extremely shallow, and that old water's dirty. I mean, you get some just monstrous rocks. Hey, where are you going next on the FLW tour? The Beave. To the Beave. Oh, back to the Lake Beaver. To, 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 now, a lot of people that there's a lot of people that have a love hate relationship with that place. How do you feel? Yeah, I, I, well, I'm kind of the same way. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those deals, you know. Well, it's probably not your vacation destination if you want to go just catch a bunch of bass, but. I have won a pocket full of money over at that place. It's a tough fishery. <laughs> it's not, there's nothing easy about it, and it's very conditional. There's If you preconceive anything at Beaver Lake, you will shoot yourself in the foot every time. You're, you're done. You're done. I mean, look you're at done. let's go way back, like maybe like 2000 or 2001, Ricky Clun running all the way up the river river and, and, and cranking balsa B3s when, when everybody oh, yeah. else was throwing fishing for bedding spots. He, he wrecked that was a yes he did i was there on that one i was running i was running around trying to fish bedding spots <laughs> that was you there all by itself in the white river cranking a big b3 around railing four pounders that, that guy never ceases to amaze me never never I ceases so, <laughs> i was so tickled to see him win in florida the other day that was awesome yeah that, that he's the dude he is the dude right there hey let's uh let's talk about uh getting ready for a tournament okay i know that that this might be kind of a generic question, but I, get, I like to get a lot of professional anglers' view on how they actually pick apart a lake during practice. So you're going to put mm-hmm. your boat into Beaver on practice day. 
mm-hmm. what's Andy Morgan going to do? What's the first move? You know, I, I'm going to ride around just a little bit and check the color out, see how far the color line goes down the lake or how far up the lake it is. Anytime, give me a determination if, you know, if I'm going to fish in the clear, clear stuff or I'm going to fish in the dirty, dirty stuff. And honestly, I'm going to run around and see where everybody's at, where all the boats are, that I'm going the other direction and try to figure <laughs> out something that's out of the path of everybody else if I possibly can. Does that annoy you when people are, when there's too many people yes. around? Yes. Drives me nuts. We call yes, it, it selgening here. That's what we call it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's called selgening. I don't know. <laughs> it does. It drives me crazy, and it's cost me before. It cost me on Lake Chickamauga on my home lake last year because I won't get in a crowd, and I won't mix it up out there and throw around on one particular ledge with 40 other boats. You pull up on another <laughs> ledge, there's 40 other boats. I won't do that, and that costs me from time to time just because I cannot stand it. I have to be off doing my own thing. I do not want to watch other people fish while I'm fishing. It's it's tough, man. I mean, and especially with with uh, the way that the tours are these days with these so called community holes. I mean, there, there's a lot of people that are just that are in the same area. It's and that's me, man. I mean, when in the hell did that come? When did that become okay? <laughs> I in with somebody else's fish, and I'm like, well, hell, I've missed something. It pisses me off, Andy. I can't stand it. it. Even if I'm out fun fishing, then there's people that come. There's some people have no regards for spots. They you, just don't. You know what's great no. about it, though. What's no, great about it? it tell us, Ryan Whitaker. Don't give a damn. They don't give a damn. They're a bunch of you know. A lot of them pulling down. They'll just poach you. They'll pull up where all nice and stuff. And hey, you care if I fish here? As they're making a cast. Well, I reckon not. <laughs> See, but what's what's great about having a bunch of guys around is everybody's using these white fishing rods now. Yeah. So if you got a guy across the bay who's whacking him, just watch him for a second. You can see that rod real well. You can see exactly yeah, what he's okay. throwing and how he's working his bait. Because you can see that white rod. If he's working a jerk bait, he's got his rod tip down, twitching it. Throw a jerk bait. It's know? a sight fishing oh, yeah. pattern. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It looks like Selgenate. he's working pretty fast. He's giving it two, two pitch. Yeah, two, two twitches in a pole. That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's the deal. I mean, that's it. I can't stand fishing in crowds, and and I like to get away from 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 the other uh, the the other anglers, competitors, whatever it may be. But you know what? Sometimes, Andy, you're forced to fish the crowds, aren't you? Yeah, you really are. I mean, anything that's on the Tennessee River after. May 1st, when those fish are on those drops, yes, you're forced to fish in the crowd. You're going to fish around other people. Or when you go to Florida, you're going into the Monkey Box or the Moonshine Bay or oh, the South Bay. You're going to fish around other fishermen because that's where a lot of those pods of fish live. If you get out of that, in situations when there's fish not biting everywhere, if you get out of four or five of those areas, you're not going to catch much. And that's that's just the way it is. You got to do what you got to do sometimes. Yes, you do. Yeah, there's no doubt. Hey, I, I want to bring this up, and we talked a little bit how you love hunting so much, but it, um, you know, I've heard this about you, uh, and you tell me if this is true that you only fish to support your hunting habit. Is that true? That's pretty true. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard Hank Parker say the same I thing. Love, uh, I, I always joke about that. Now I do love the bass fish, and. And I love to springtime bass fish. That's this is the bass rut. It's what I call the bass rut. That's when everything's happening. The fish are coming up to spawn. They're feeding up. Everything's going well. The temperature's getting warmer. Everybody's in a good mood. Beautiful sunny days. I love to bass fish then. Now, as it rolls into summer, I'm talking July, August, and it's coming into September, I switch gears. 
I go in to thinking about climbing up in a tree in that tree stand, pulling that bow up there, and deer hunting for the rest of the fall. So, yeah, and when I when I deer hunt, I don't say I just go here and sit in a tree and deer hunt around the house. I mean, I deer hunt. When it starts, say, September 1st, I hunt up until mid-December until duck season opens, but I hunt a lot. I mean, you're talking 25 days a month. Nice. He's yeah, serious. A lot. Yeah. That's hardcore. So I lay with... It's, you there, Andy? I'm here, yeah. Okay, we thought, we thought we lost mm-hmm. you. We thought you lost you. You're, you are a serious hunter, dude. There's no doubt about it. And you, and, and you, oh, uh, yeah. are you, are you, are you, uh, keeping a lot of these, uh, the, you know, the deer that you get and the turkey you get? Are you, uh, are you bringing those home and, and feeding the oh, family? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, my whole family hunts. We grew up, I grew up in a hunting family and a fishing family. And, you know, we dove hunted, we duck hunted, we deer hunted, rabbit hunted, turkey hunted. You know, I ate wild game my whole life, and we still do. I probably still eat. Actually, I just went out here in the freezer before you guys called and got a, a pack of Axis deer. Shot an Axis deer in Texas last, last nice. year. I heard they were really good eating, and that's why I went down there and, and, and hunted them. Uh, we had a couple Axis deer set up, and we just about ate all those. And I shot that in July last year, which is well, that's when they rut, is July. And that's almost gone. We've already ate four whitetails that we shot. So I'm out of deer meat, and it's not even close to deer season. I still have a couple of turkeys left. You've been grubbing. And a bag of duck, but everything else is gone. Hey, our, our producer, Larry Kyleman, loves access to your backstrap. Can you send us some in the mail? Tell me that a lot. <laughs> ain't happening. Ain't happening. Hey, we're, we're, ain't we're, running, we're running low. Andy, I want to ask your opinion on something. It yep. seems that everybody is a professional bass fisherman these days, aren't they? <laughs> oh yeah, aren't they? You know, oh, because yeah. we were talking earlier on the uh, on the show because they get uh, they get ten percent off on a, on a particular product, so they start mm-hmm. a they start a a a, 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 a a Jimmy Franklin professional angler Facebook page. <laughs> Do you know what I'm several, talking? Several of them, no, yeah, and no, on the no, Instagram, yeah. on the book face, on the Instagram, on the Twitter, everything. There, these guys are pro anglers, right? Mm-hmm. Now, oh, I, yeah. I mean, what is now? Talk to me about what that does, in your opinion. And I know that you need to be you need to be cordial about this, but but <laughs> <laughs> but how does that affect sponsorship dollars for a professional angler like you? It's crippling. It's absolutely crippling. I mean, it's uh, it just makes everything super tough because, like, I mean, hell, you walk up in a crowd of people and everybody's got a jersey on in a wrapped boat, and you really didn't know. I mean, you're trying to get into bass fishing. You really don't know the names and the faces. How in the hell do you pick somebody else that has the credibility that is a true professional? Right. Same way in the sponsorship world. I mean, <laughs> I was in the grocery store and a guy had a tournament jersey on the other day. <laughs> I know, dude. It, it, it is. It, it's it's a sport that is really kind of hard to keep. I, I guess keep the scoreboard highlighted. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's hard to keep score with everybody because there's always different leagues. There's a club tournament. There's et cetera. I mean, it's a free world. They can go out and wrap boats, buy jerseys, hell, all we want. I'm proud for everybody that does it. But, man, you can't just work your whole life for nothing. You're really going to go out and work for these sponsors and actually really work for them? You need to be paid for it. 
but you need to have credibility. So the guys that are, you know, signing the deals, the, the marketing directors need to make sure that that's all okay. And but I see, you know, hey, free stuff is free stuff. If people want to post on Facebook that they got whatever free, and this is what I call them on, you know, you'll never stop it. We yeah. Can bitch and complain all we want, but it ain't going to quit. They're 10 percenters, Andy. They're 10 percenters. <laughs> Good oh, stuff. buddy. I hear it every day. The biggest question I get, and a lot of these young guys, because high school fishing is huge, college fishing is huge. A lot of these kids are coming up. They'll email me, uh, Facebook, whatever it is. How can I get sponsorship? How do I start about getting sponsorship? I answer that and be really nice. You got to catch something. You got to catch it a lot. <laughs> Win. Yeah. Exactly. You got you got to you got to cash a few checks, don't you? Hey, Andy Morgan. Yeah, you got to build some credibility. We, we are out of time. Uh, any last words that you'd like to say uh, uh, before we pull up the trolling motor here? Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. Anytime you guys need anything, I appreciate it. And uh, just remember, everybody out there is listening. The Tennessee River is red hot right now, Lake Chickamauga. So get them out of Get them on the chick. It's not going to last forever. So. <laughs> get them while it's hot. Get them while you can. Andy, thank you so much. Uh, and best of luck to you on Beaver Lake. We hope you knock it out of the park. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank hey. you. Excellent. Hey, take care. We'll see you later. Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television.